0: Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, joining us today. She is the world record holder for longest consecutive swim ever. Today we're talking to Sarah Thomas. Sarah, how's it going?
1: It's going good. I'm really excited to be here.
0: I'm a simple man. Don't We have to start with this uh, at the top of the podcast. You called out Michael Phelps on Twitter because young thug had <laughs> had tweeted at him asking if he could swim 100 miles, I guess, in the ocean out and back. And he said he thought he could. You called him out and said, not so sure about that one, buddy. Uh, you're, you're the goat in the pool, but open water is a whole different story. So uh, you've done a hundred mile swim before, that's what you have a world record in. Um, so let's start there. W- what goes into a hundred mile swim?
1: A lot goes into a hundred mile swim. Um, and I feel pretty confident that Michael Phelps could maybe get there someday if he really wanted to, but um, I'm not sure he would really want to. Um, it's pretty pretty brutal. Um, he would probably do it quite a bit faster than I did it. Um, but, you know, there's just so much time in the pool and face down in the lake and no one else wants to swim with you that long. You know, it's not like when you're on a swim team and you've got your buddies, you know, and lay next to you and you're being tortured together. Um, when you're training for 100 miles um, open water, you're doing most of that alone. Um, and it's just kind of this brutal combination of really hard, really high intensity training, really long distance training. Um, you know, you're doing pool workouts, you're doing open water workouts. And, um, 98% of it is by yourself. No one else wants to do that kind of crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. So you, this, this, you swam 104.6 mile swim Mm -hmm. across Lake Champlain. That was in Mm -hmm. 2017, but, um, you had had a lot of experience in a a myriad of other open water swims before this, uh, just let's get into this background of how did you get into open water swimming to begin with?
1: Yeah, so I swam, you know, as an age group kid all the way up. I started when I was 10, um, swam, you know, through high school. I um, walked on to the University of Connecticut and swam four years for UConn, um, moved to Denver for grad school and joined a master's swim team. And it was kind of in that master's swim team group. Um, there was a friend and he hadn't known me very long. And he just like one day he was like, you know what, Sarah, you need to do this horse tooth 10K race. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, dude. Um, and he's like, Well, there's this race in a reservoir, you know, kind of, you know, an hour north of where we're at now. And they do a 10k every year, and it's beautiful. And he's like, I think you would be really good at it. And you know, hold I'm on, cool hold on, summer.
0: can we pause? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What What events did you swim in college or high school?
1: Yeah, so I um, started off life as a breaststroker, um, <laughs> had a pretty solid 200 breaststroke, um, and then you kind know, of somewhere in there, um, I wasn't getting any faster. Um, and so my coach was like, you know what? I think you need to do some like distant stuff. So later on in high school and into college, I was, you know, 500,000 mile, um, all of that good stuff. Um, pretty sure my coach in college would throw me in the four hundred. And I am just so he has something to laugh about every now and again. and um, cause my butterfly is pretty atrocious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely a distant swimmer, um, all the way through, um, pretty much where it counted. Um, okay. Okay. So, So, sorry. I I was just curious about that. So that,
0: and that trajectory uh, obviously tracks as well. So back to this 10 K.
1: Yeah. So we're at this 10 K, right. And, you know, we did 10 K workouts, you know, through high school and in college, you know, so I'm familiar with that distance. And then the idea of um, doing it without stopping, without having a place to like put your feet on the, on the bottom of the pool. um, I was like, that's impossible. Like you can't possibly swim a 10 K nonstop. Like it's just, bananas um and so he had to work on me for about a year before I finally gave in um you know i had been out of the pool for about a year two years before I kind of came back to it as a as an adult um but kind of rebuilt a lot of endurance and then yeah I signed up for this 10k and he was right I totally 100% fell in love um, with open water swimming it's just I love water and I've always loved water you know as a walk-on at Yukon so like Obviously, I'm not like this incredibly fast special swimmer, but it was like when I discovered open water, it was like, ah, oh, this is where I belong. This is where I should be. Um, and I'm kind of an extreme personality. So, you know, I did this 10K a couple of times. I'm like, all right, you know, six miles, that's easy now. Let's try for 20. Um, and then it just kind of escalated from there. So I, you know, did a bunch of like mid distance, you know, channel swimming. So I swam the Catalina channel from. Catalina Island back to the coast of California. I've swum around the island of Manhattan, just like 28 miles. Um, and you're like staring at all the skyscrapers as you go. And it's like super cool. Um, I did the English Channel one time and, then, you know, just kind of built things and built things and built things in open water, going farther, going colder um, and just trying to see what challenges were out there that were fun and exciting.
0: I love how you're like, natural progression, six miles (laughs) to 20 miles.
1: Yeah, it's easy (laughs) jump, you know, just like easy.
0: (laughs) That's the logical next step. Yes. (laughs) Wow. people, truly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So first off, just what did you enjoy about these long open water swims? I mean, personally, Mm -hmm. I still swim in a pool. I hate open water swimming because I can't see anything. You know, I, I don't know what's around me and it freaks me out. Um, but, but what do you enjoy about open water or what did you enjoy about that initial swim?
1: Sure. Well, you know, I grew up in Texas and lakes in Texas are not places that you like think, oh yeah, I'm going to jump in that. Um, Cause they're brown. You never know what kind of like creepy snakes are out there. Um, but like growing up open water didn't even like occur to me. Um, because like no one wants to go jump in Lake Texoma, you know what I mean? Like it's just gross. Um, and moving to Colorado, the lakes here are very different, and so they're clear, um, they're a little bit colder, um, and you can see things. And I think that's what I love about it is like you're just kind of out in nature. You're not confined to you know 25 yards or 50 meters of a swimming pool. Um, you can go explore. Um, you know, training is a little bit more interesting because you're not just going back and forth all day long in the pool, you can go swim to another point across the lake or, you know, go swim down the beach. And it's just like a varied experience because you're just out in the world, you know, and it's you and the elements and there's fish and there's wind and there's waves and just a more textured environment than what you get in the pool. Um, And I don't mind the pool. I spent a lot of time in the pool, but um, you know, there's just something about freshwater, about salt water, you know, being in a lake, being in an ocean um it's just empowering in a way because you're just this is me and my body and we're taking on the ocean today.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, you kind of sold me on it now. Jeez. <laughs> Good,
1: you got to go You
0: got to try. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, so that's that's really cool. That sounds great. So as you um started doing bigger or I guess longer swims or as you mentioned in colder water, I guess mm-hmm. you, you started looking for the next challenge, the next challenge. When did this 100 mile swim eventually come on your radar
1: yeah you know it was just like a culmination of just a couple of years of like so I did a 44 mile swim in Lake Tahoe in 2013 and then like right behind that I did a 50 mile swim like six weeks later um and both of these swims people had tried and like not made it had to get out and failed um and kind of said like oh this these distances in these lakes are impossible. And I knocked them out, you know, back to back with, you know, like six weeks in between. Um, And so kind of those experiences doing um, the Lake Tahoe swim took 22 hours, the 50 mile swim took me um, 30 hours. And it's like, you know what, I still have more left in the tank. You know, I can, I can do this. And so kind of just building into that, um, I had a couple of like, longer swims planned here and there. And, you know, in open water swimming Weather is a big factor. So I had a long swim planned in 2014 and didn't get to do it because the weather was atrocious and was not safe to go out. And then in 2015, I already had some commitments. And so in 2016, um, I said, you know what, this is, this is my year. And so I planned an 80-mile swim in Lake Powell. Um, we started at um, Bullfrog Marina and swam all the way down to Waweep. So if anyone's been to Lake Powell, you know what that looks like. And it's long, windy, really beautiful stretch of water. And that was probably like the life-changing minute for me there. Um, I did that swim. It was hard. It was the hardest thing I have ever done, um, even since. And, you know, I walked out the end of 80 miles. It took me 56 hours where I didn't sleep. You know, I didn't get on a boat. And I'm just constantly swimming nonstop for, you know, two and a half days. And I got out and I like threw my arms in the air and did a little hop. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was just the most incredible thing I've ever done. And we were not even home. And I was like, I got to go hundred miles. I did 80 miles. Like I got more. I can, I got to do a hundred miles. So that's Holy happened.
0: Toledo. <laughs> um, so this 80 mile swim at Lake Powell is the hardest mm-hmm. swim you've ever done. 56 yeah. hours. That's two and a half days, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many questions. Wow. I know, How I like do you, so <laughs> what, so what is nutrition like? What, what, what was nutrition like during that race? How do you eat? How do you drink? How do you make sure your body stays fueled?
1: Yeah. And that's a really good question. Um, so kind of the way it works in open water swimming, you usually have a boat or a kayak next to you. And so they can provide you with basically whatever you need. Obviously in Lake Powell, in Lake Powell we're out in the middle of nowhere. So we had to like plan ahead and bring it all on this houseboat. Um, Where is Lake Powell? It is um in utah and arizona um and it feeds into the grand canyon um and so you're basically swimming through a flooded grand canyon um (laughs) so you've got these like beautiful like canyon walls and it's just like this stunning scenery all around you and it's just like it's inspiring scenery um because and you know like this water is going into the grand canyon like that's where it's headed next so it's like a lake in the middle of the grand canyon basically um, and it's, but it's really remote, right? There's not good self-service. You're literally in the middle of the wilderness. Um, and so we had to bring it all, and plan ahead. Um, I had like 10 people with me on the boat and so I'm planning for their nutrition, my nutrition, all of that. Um, and so basically 90% of what I eat and drink when I'm on a swim is liquid. And so they just throw me a water bottle on a rope, um, like aim it at my head when I'm swimming and then I stop and grab it and chug like eight ounces of it. And then I drop it and they pull it back in. Um, So the mix that I drink is mostly like a carbohydrate mix. So I'm getting about 250 calories an hour um, in carbohydrates, a little bit of protein, some electrolytes. It's all in my bottle. Um, I will say on like the longer slumps that last a couple of days, um, sometimes you get hungry for like solid foods. You're like, I just want to chew on something into like 24 hours, it's like, what do we got on that boat? Um, So I love to like, just snack on like rice. Um, It's a really good treat, Um, cookies, um, M&M's, you know, pretty much anything um, that sounds good in the moment.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, What do you eat like the night before or two nights before a swim like that?
1: Man, um, well, I've learned what not to eat. Um, and that is spaghetti, because if I have that the night before guarantee, we're going to see it <laughs> pretty soon <laughs> into the swim. Um, so I definitely stay away from spaghetti. Um, I try and keep it simple, you know, just like some grilled chicken, um, some lettuce, you know, like a salad. I really love it. Just a fresh salad. Um, I don't know. Like people say that I, I say that to people and they're like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, but just simple, basic. Want to make sure that nothing's going to upset my stomach, um, cause it's, easily done, um, when you're swimming for multiple days.
0: I can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so that's, I guess that's one physical aspect of it mentally. First of all, how do you prepare, you know, what are you doing the night before or, or where is your mind the night before a swim like that?
1: Yeah. You have to like compartmentalize and just not think about it. You know, if you focus too much on the idea that you're going to be swimming for three days, like it's overwhelming, right? Like no one can swim for three days. Like I've done it and I still don't know how it gets done. And so you just have to like push it aside, right? You have to stay in the moment. You have to stay present. And so like the night before, you know, it really is like, are all my supplies organized? You know, is, does my team know what to do? You know, and just making sure all the logistics are checked off. Um, and then when you're swimming, it really is just staying in the moment, you know, I stop every 30 minutes for my feed. So they throw the bottle at me every half an hour. Um, and so everything is just broken down into 30 minute increments and you, you do, you just swim 30 minutes at a time, 30 minutes at a time. And then suddenly you're like 56 hours and it, it's incredible.
0: <laughs> Snap them fingers. Yeah,
1: goes by. You wouldn't even know that you had done anything. <laughs>
0: I'm sure that's most people's reactions <laughs> to that. Um, so then yeah, it, like you said, there's 30 minute compartments. What do you think mm-hmm. about? This is this is a question we got a lot of on Instagram. What are you yeah. thinking about dur- during this 56 hour swim, which, as you said, you compartmentalize into 30 minute increments?
1: Yeah, you think a lot about everything. Um, the best is when you can like meditate, right? You're just kind of in the zone. Um, you're not thinking about time. You're just thinking about your stroke. You're listening to the water and just kind of absorbing the moment. So like, obviously that's the ideal, um, when you can get there, that's fabulous. But obviously over the course of a couple of days in the water, um, you can't stay that way 100% of the time. Um, maybe you've got a shoulder ache or your stomach is upset, or you're worried about the weather or the waves are knocking you around. Um, so that just kind of knocks you straight out of your zone. Um, And then your mind just wanders. I would say, I think about anything that you've ever thought of um, during those times, you know, like sometimes I'm thinking about work, you know, I was in the middle of Lake Champlain um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to email Kim before I left, right? So stuff like that pops into your head. Um, I relay like relive arguments or discussions that I've had with people and like, gosh, i was so stupid. Why did I say that? Um, So, you know, just all of those kinds of things go through your mind. you know, the time passes,
0: (laughs) you
1: know, you get, you get there eventually. It is a major test in patience. I will, I will say that. Uh,
0: I, yeah, that makes sense. I I bet it is. Um, so my, my mom runs ultra marathons. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that I've talked to people who have done hundred mile races or or races where you run for 24 Mm -hmm. plus hours at a time you run through the night, you you run through the day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they've told me that at some point you get to a point where you start hallucinating and not Mm -hmm. like bad hallucinating, but you know, you're just, you're, Mm -hmm. you're going along and you haven't slept in 16 or 18 or 24 hours. And you just start Mm -hmm. kind of seeing things in the periphery. Is there any sense of that in a swim like this?
1: Yeah. So I will say I follow a lot of ultra runners. I was like, these are my people Um, because they're going through a lot of what I was going through. And so when I was training for Lake Powell in 2016, um, I was really looking at like ultra runners to like, how do they handle these situations? And I learned about hallucinating. Um, and I was like, really prepared for it because I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I talked to so many people about what it would look like, like um, ask questions like, am I going to do permanent damage to myself um, if I push through, even when I'm tired and hallucinating? Like it was a major, major concern. Um, you know, ultra runners. Totally tough and crazy. But like they can sit down and take a nap if they want to. Um, I don't have that luxury in the water, right? I can't just like roll over on my back and float and think I'm gonna take a nap. It just you don't, you don't float like that. Um, and so I was really concerned about it, but I kind of went into it um with some knowledge that like, you know, my body's gonna do what it's gonna do. It's gonna be fine. Um, and then I was like really disappointed because I have never hallucinated. Um and I was like really looking forward to it. I was like, this is gonna be cool. I'm prepared. And I've never done it. <laughs> <And> it's like, <laughs> I feel kind of like I've been gypped in the ultra experience that I've like never hallucinated, like flying birds or pizzas or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It would be neat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, especially like in the water, I wonder if that would be a completely different experience than hallucinating on land. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess maybe we'll, maybe we'll get there. Maybe science will yeah. get there one day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also not unconvinced that, running ultra races doesn't take time off your life. You had alluded to that earlier and, uh, I don't, I don't you know, j- jury's out in my book on that one. Yes. It seems pretty wild, but, um, so uh, just swimming that race, um, how does fatigue affect you? You know, it's like, do you feel tired physically at, mm-hmm. at any point? I mean, I'm sure you do, but how does that manifest itself? Do you get sleepy being mm-hmm. in the water and constantly moving for that long.
1: Yeah. Um, I will say like the night times are really hard. Um, I always tell people it's really fun to swim through one sunset and one sunrise. So when you start adding multiples of that into a swim, <laughs> um, it just gets kind of draining, right? And you're like, gosh, the sun is going down. Um, you know, and it just gets colder overnight. Like three to five a.m is probably the worst time in any swim because it's just cold. It's dark and Like just, you're miserable, no matter what you do to try and combat it, it's just a hard time. And you just have to figure out how to swim through it. Um, I will say, I don't, I'm not a big caffeine drinker. And so like on my super long swims, kind of usually around the 30 hour mark, um, we switch, um, I take noon electrolyte tabs. And so I switch them from like just regular, no caffeine electrolytes to caffeinated um, electrolytes with my noon. Um, and that just seems to give me just enough of a boost um that it keeps me awake um i have been drowsy you know there was a time um, in Lake champlain you know it was sunset on the third day you know i've been swimming for i don't know close to 60 hours at that point um and i was like i'm getting pretty tired here guys like and i told my crew i'm like please watch me <laughs> like if i go under please come get me um and so like i've had those moments but it seems like at some point you like just recalculate and your body's like, all right, we're still doing this. We're going to be all right. We're going to keep going.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, that, I, that I think would have been my guess, but it's intense. (laughs) Yes,
1: it is a little intense.
0: (laughs) Um, How long does it take after a swim like that for you to recover?
1: You know, it kind of depends on the swim. Um, you know, like my, so the very first, like really long, swim so I did was Catalina 20 miles. It took me nine hours and I could mm-hmm. not raise my arms over my head for like three or four days. Um, I was just really beat up. Um, I will say kind of, as I have gotten more into it, I feel like the recovery is almost a little bit faster. Um, and so like, I mean, obviously the next day you're pretty tired, you know, you've got to catch up on your sleep. Um, muscles are sore and stiff, but not as bad as you might imagine, Um, I usually like to get in like the next day or two days later and just like do some breaststroke um, and just try to loosen that up. Um, But, you know, I say like the general recovery is a couple of days. I will say mentally the recovery sometimes feels like it takes me months um, to really want to get back into like long training or intense training. Um, You just got to take a break and your body kind of forces you into that a little bit. Um, You just have to like, listen to what your body is telling you like you'll know when it's time to get back into training and you know get back to it but that that piece of it seems to take a long time
0: yeah in terms of when you do one of these swims what time do you start or what time of the day do you do you feel like is best to start the river the swim
1: yeah so in my two lake swims so lake powell and lake champlain um they're lakes and so you're not like bound to currents and tides, you know, a lot of ocean swims like Catalina, you start that uh, at 11 o'clock at night, um, because that's just the best time for the currents and the wind and the conditions. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when I've done the English Channel, you know, do the English Channel four-way, um, you have to start when the tides are going and you don't have, you don't get to decide. Um, and so, you know, we started, you know, my four-way English Channel at midnight, um, not an ideal time. Um, so we get a pick, I would like, you know, I'd like to start at like eight in the morning. Um, so you get a nice night's sleep. You just kind of wake up and then you just go for a swim. Um, I feel like that's probably the most ideal, but, um, open water swimming, you don't get the most ideal. You have to be prepared for what nature throws it at you.
0: Gotcha. Uh, you mentioned the English channel four-way swim, which you did in 2019, which is an 84 mile swim. What does that mean? English channel four-way.
1: I know. I'm sorry, I jumped right ahead on you on that one. I couldn't <laughs> hold okay. it in anymore. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so in 2019, I swam the English channel four times in a row um, without stopping. And no one had ever done that before. There were four people ahead of me who had done it three times. Um, and I was like, you know, three is not enough. Let's let's try for a four, four way. Um, so it was, it was a consecutive, you know, I swam from England to France, um, back to England, back to France, and then turned around and went back to England one more time just for fun.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> I see. Um and I think I've got my timeline right timeline right here, but before that you had breast cancer. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. I so sure this did. was after the yeah. the Lake Champlain. So after the hundred mile mm-hmm. swim. Um yeah. yeah. C- can you can you tell us about that and how that not only affected your training, but perhaps how swimming and, and your training got you through that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I had kind of before COVID, you know, I've had a busy few years. So I swam 80 miles in Lake Powell in 2016, did hundred miles in Lake Champlain in 2017. Um, like two months after Lake Champlain, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So I spent all of 2018 going through breast cancer treatment. Um, I did chemo, I had a mastectomy, um, had radiation. So it was like literally nine months of like nothing but chemo. Um, and then when I finished all my cancer treatment, I had one year like literally exactly one year to get ready to do this English channel four way swim. Um, I booked the English channel swim, um, like before my cancer diagnosis and just kind of waiting, you have to, there's a wait list to swim the English channel, believe it or not. Um, and so like all during my um, cancer treatment, um, you know, I'm talking to my doctors, um, you know, and initially of course you're like, am I going to live? Like how bad is this? But once you kind of get over, They're like, okay, I'm, I'm probably most likely going to be okay. And this is what the treatment plan looks like. I'm doing well in treatment. Um, and then you start asking, like, am I going to be able to swim 80 miles again? And your doctors are like, what? Like, what planet are you from? (laughs) Like you have breast cancer. You're in the middle of chemo and you're asking about swimming 80 miles. Um, (laughs) What
0: do you mean again?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, um. You know, it, it was a different perspective. Um, I was lucky I had really supportive medical team. Um, and we made a lot of decisions that we felt were the best to help keep me like in the water and um, keep me swimming. Um, I swam a lot during chemo. Um, well, a lot is relative. Um, but I was probably in the water three to four days a week um, during chemo, just because it felt good. I was not training or doing anything too terribly intense. But the movement felt good. You know, I'm like, you put your swim cap on, um, and you can just swim and like no one around you has to know that you're sick and there's something wrong with you, right? You can just go and be free and be yourself. And it was just mentally, probably the most important thing I did during chemo was just be in the water and just move. Um, you know, I definitely 100% swim for mental health in normal times. And i say going through cancer treatment, like, I don't know that I would have made it if I hadn't had just swimming. Um, to fall back on when I was stressed or just like needed a break from thinking about cancer. Um, And so, you know, I think it was important. I had a goal ahead of me so, you know, I could kind of get through the day-to-day cancer knowing that like I still had dreams. I still had goals. I wasn't done yet. You know, I still had a lot left to prove. Um, And I think that really, I mean, that's powerful stuff to just know that like, I'm not giving into this, you know, my body's going to do what it's going to do. And I know I got lucky um, that my cancer, um, reacted to chemo under radiation and we were able to get rid of it. Um, a lot of that's luck. Um, but I think just mentally and physically, um, having that drive, having those goals, um, really helped me a lot.
0: It's really heartwarming to hear. And, you know, just as a fellow swimmer and aquatic being, it's, it's, it's reassuring knowing that other people feel the same way about just being in the water and being able to move. Um, you know, see, seeing, lifelong swimmers always really warms my heart, mm-hmm. especially because I think at a young age, swimming can be such a, um, yeah. a droll and gray yeah. sport and drive yeah. a lot of people away. But yeah. so I, I do have some, some data of these day-to-day questions for you. Okay. So if you're training for, let's say that English channel four-way swim, which is 84 miles, what does a normal training week look like for you?
1: It can be intense. I know there was at some point I like added it up. I was like, I think I swam more this week than I ever did in college. Um, And it's like kind of like, Um, but I would say, you know, my base is like 60 K a week. um, And then I build up from there. Um, And so, um, you know, I'm doing doubles, you know, I go to the pool twice a day on Tuesdays and Thursdays do long, you know, 10 to 12 hour swims on the weekend and the lakes. Um, I do have a full-time job, so I'm balancing like all this training with trying to work. Um, and so it's kind of hard to fit it all in and juggle it all. Um, but I'd say I I think my maximum week was probably around 120, um, kilometers in a week. Um, but you know, it's legit training.
0: And is a lot of like, are you doing more traditional swim sets or are you just getting in a pool and swimming? Uh, so when
1: I'm yeah, when I'm in the pool, I'm doing traditional swim sets. Um, so we do intervals. Um, just I mean, you know, I competed at University of Connecticut. So like I feel like I've got a good like pool background. Um and so I do I kind of pull off of those workouts and things that I did growing up. Um it gives me a really good base um, of how to design a workout, how to make a workout. You know, I do hundreds all out sometimes, you know, I I don't do a lot of starts and turns. Those are kind of irrelevant to what I need, but um, for the most part, you know, I'm doing really hard pool slips and descending intervals and negative splitting and um, all kinds of stuff. It's a good time.
0: (laughs) Do you do a lot of your pool work in a short court, in a yards pool or in a long course pool?
1: Short course. Um, there's not a ton of long course pools in Denver. Um, and especially since COVID, I don't remember the last time I've been in a 50 meter pool. It's been a really long time um, okay. since the pandemic. I'm telling you, i have been swimming in a three lane um, gym pool. Um, you know, it's just like this tiny box. I and mean, it's like, gosh, <laughs> um, my mom came to visit once and she was like, I cannot believe you swim in this pool, um, but it's what I have available. So, you know, you make do water is water. So is I always say.
0: Um, so yeah we have this question from Instagram what's the hardest swim set you've ever done in your life
1: oh my gosh Um, all right so my friend Mike (laughs) we swim together a lot um, Mm -hmm. and he's got this set of 400s and we call it the Mike murder set (laughs) so it's it's 10 400s and basically the intervals descend so like every 400 is a different interval so you kind of start um kind of where your base is and then you drop to like a fast one and then you kind of drop your base five seconds and back to fast and drop your base and back to fast so they kind of like you get a little bit of a rest and then not so you think you're good until about number five and then you hit number six and you think you're gonna die um and we do it like you have to be in the mood for it and so sometimes he'll walk in Mike will, and he'll be like all right you ready for a murder set today and it's like yeah, but it makes you want to cry. It makes you want to vomit. But when you finish and you make all of the intervals, which I fail frequently, um, it feels really, really good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> dude, no kidding. <laughs> you can make 10 fours all. That has to be the yeah, the, the pinnacle of accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're um, fast
1: too. Like you know, I don't know. I would say I'm old now, but like I get my base, I can usually hold about one fifteen, and so like we descend those to like. I don't know, 450. And so those are my fast ones. And so I'm like, cranking really hard. <laughs> so that's fast for a 40 year old woman. Trust me.
0: <laughs> uh, dude, that That's fast for me. If I did that right now, as a, I'm 30. Like I'd be stoked. Yeah. I don't know that I could.
1: Yeah, it makes you want to die. But that's all right. <laughs>
0: it's good character building. <clears throat> Yeah. So speaking, so on the, is, I'm sure this is building a lot of character, but, um, on the physical side, uh, how do you manage just wear and tear on your body and making sure that you're not, you know, totally, uh, totally injuring yourself, injuring a shoulder, tearing something, um, with all this yardage that you're racking up.
1: Yeah. Um, I really believe in like a slow build. So like, if I've taken some time off, you definitely have to ease back into it. You don't just Jump in and start like doing mic Murder sets right away. Like that's not good for you. Um, I've I do consider myself pretty lucky. Um, I've never really had shoulder issues. Um, I think technique is really important. So if you're coming up and you're wanting to do longer stuff, you've got to focus on on technique just to make sure that you're not putting your shoulders in a compromised position. Um, but I think just good technique in the pool, um, consistent building, consistent training, um, is huge. Um, you know I. I know all the swimmer tricks about doing your Y's and your T's and, you know, all of those good, you know, just shoulder flexibility and strengthening. So I do some of that, but not a ton. Um, I wish I had more time to do like just straight weight, like weights and yoga. i um, just in my life. I don't have time for all of that good stuff, but I'm really protective of my shoulders. Um, and if I feel a twinge or a tweak, I definitely back off and make sure that I'm staying healthy that way. I think it's really important.
0: Yeah. Uh all right, I've got we've got time for a couple more questions. Um I heard you had a tea obsession. Can you elaborate
1: <laughs> on that? One? I do. Um you know, I'm not a big coffee drinker, um and I've spent a lot of time in the UK over the last few years. Um and so when I was in Northern Ireland this summer, people were like blowing me up over like which tea is the best. So I had to sample um, all of these teas and I I love tea anyway and I'll, but yeah, I don't know if I'm like Irish by background. I have no idea, but tea is really important and they taste different. Um, and like black tea is not black tea and you got to have the good stuff. So, um, I will say all my Northern Ireland friends, I'm going to start a riot if they listen to this, but I think I've decided that Barry's tea is my favorite, just black daily drinker tea. Um, and I'm gonna get in trouble for that. So maybe we need to not share that, but Barry's tea, telling you, it's delicious.
0: As berries like the cheap stuff. What? Why is? Why would? Yeah, they start it's just around? like
1: your, It's like your daily. I don't know. There's like berries and there's lions and there's Tetley and people get fired up. Like <laughs> friendships are lost over what your favorite tea is in the UK, um, and they people get mad. Um, so it's showing my true colors by telling you that I like berries. <laughs> like, I'm going to lose I'm going to lose friends over this <laughs>
0: wow okay yeah uh so you're a big tea drinker um yeah all right my last question this, is, this one is from Instagram too someone wanted to know what is your best 50 freestyle time
1: oh my gosh it's so embarrassing um I think this is a long time I I'm back to high school here mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure from a relay start I went like a 26 one time like a 26 high Um, (laughs) but I think from a dive, we're talking maybe a 27 low, like I'm not a sprinter. Um, my best time, um, I will tell you, um, in a hundred freestyle, I did that in a 200 freestyle, my best time in a 200 freestyle. I did that in the 500. So if that tells you anything, (laughs) there was something madly wrong with me in the pool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so let me get this right. You went three best times in one race. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, that's, that's a win. I don't know. That's <laughs> right, I don't know. And uh, uh, also, I guess that's somewhat telling of of what kind of an athlete you are as well. Yeah. But That's
1: yeah. what awesome. so, so I look back and it's like, I sh- we should have known, right? Like, we should have known that the mile was not long enough. Um, <laughs> but now I don't. And now I'm embracing it. And, you know, 100 miles is great.
0: <laughs> well, Sarah, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Um, it's been really great hearing your story and experience in open water. Um, do you have any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today? Anything someone interested in open water might want to hear or know?
1: I mean, it's just great. You know, I have that swimming pool background. I love pool swimming and I love the training and um, they give open water a shot, you know, like it's just, it's a different vibe. Um, you know, um, I got to a point in like my pool swimming where I just wasn't hitting goal times, wasn't hitting goal times. And switching to open water was just freeing because it's no longer about like how fast can you do it? It's just if you can do it. And I just love that freedom of just like testing my potential, testing my limits um, and just not having to worry about how fast I'm doing it, just worrying about getting it done. Like point A to point B is all that matters in an open water swim. Um, And it's amazing. You know, it's just it's incredible to have that freedom and not like be worried about hundreds of a second. Um, they don't matter in open water swimming.
0: You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.